So my name is Josephine Canella Crail. I'm a licensed clinical social worker. Oh. I've been licensed um, as a medical professional in the state of Florida mm-hmm. for going on um, 35 years. I started out as a substance abuse psychotherapist in the late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. My passion led me to working with critically chronically and terminally ill patients and um, guiding them through the dying process and then offering bereavement services to their families. Probably about in 2006, 2007, my dad had been diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. So we did all of the things. Um, We did surgery, we did radiation, we did uh, chemotherapy. And then a couple of years later, he had a reoccurrence. Mm -hmm. um, And after surgery and chemo and radiation, um, when we got his terminal diagnosis, his uh, radiation oncologist recommended another round of chemotherapy. That's so brutal. For a man that they said really only had three to six months to live. So I started looking into alternative treatments to traditional. Mm -hmm. And that's when clinical cannabis came on my radar. And you were using that, the idea was you were gonna use it as a curative or as a palliative? Well, anything yeah all of it and any of it yeah whatever you could get so i took a deep dive back then there was not a lot of information that was well before we had a program in florida um i connected with some of the really world experts in cannabis i was very blessed um but you know my 85 year old sicilian father how did he feel about it not use marijuana because it was against the law you know even though we were willing to break the law he wasn't so sadly I had to navigate him through the dying process Um, talk about a a blessing of a skill set to have though right yeah so I had only the traditional pharmaceuticals Mm -hmm. took him through the process and um, and then I got pissed and I happen to live in Tallahassee uh, as a clinical social worker. I've advocated for marginalized and vulnerable populations for, you know, going on four decades now. Yeah. So I said, okay, well, it's against the law. I guess it's time to go change the law. Absolutely. Hell, hell yes. yeah. I was working in hospice up in Tallahassee at the time, and I started opening, because I was like, well, if it really helps with all of the things that they say that it helps with, I must have patients who are using this. So when you come into hospice, you are assigned a social worker, Mm -hmm. and the first three days of admission, the social worker has to go in and do something that we call a biopsychosocial assessment. That's, that's the model that I use to, to treat my patients. Normally, yeah. normally PTs use like a biomechanical, yes. but it's more biopsychosocial and spiritual. And yes, spiritual, right? right. Well, that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Body, mind, and spirit, mm-hmm. right? So there was a. I decided in my assessment I was going to add an informal category of alternative treatments. Mm-hmm for palliation, which means just to make somebody more comfortable. Sure. Yep, yep. Um, and I and I 
I provided a, a safe space and, you know, just asked like, well, you know, what else do you do to help you deal with your uncomfortable symptoms? I was like, you know, some people use acupuncture, mm-hmm. some people use acupressure. I was like, heck, I've even heard that some people use marijuana and it helps them feel better. You like lead them into it? Yeah. And but as to the soon, patients in the hospice. To the patients in hospice. Okay. And as soon as you open the door, and make it okay because everybody's afraid, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So if your medical provider is now opening the door, all of a sudden, patient after patient after patient was telling me, well, I use it, but don't tell the doctor. Well, I use it, but don't tell my nurse. It's like a little secret. Well, don't I tell my family probably yeah. too, right? Like, it's, don't tell my daughter. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was going back. And by then, I had already gone to, and I'm going to give a, a shout-out to Florida Cannabis Action Network. Shout-out. We shout are out. one of the leading um, legislative education entities in the state okay wait what's it called florida cannabis florida cannabis action network action network www.flcan.org there it is um and um another shout out to patients out of time patients out of time is an organization that has actually been educating medical professionals on clinical cannabis therapeutics for over 25 years Wow. Medical professionals like like physicians? like Physicians, nurses, uh, clinical social workers for continuing education. They, you know, because we've been legal in um, California since the 90s, right? That's right, Mm -hmm. yeah. They were the first state to legalize marijuana under physician supervision. It's a trivia question. I read that somewhere (laughs) 20,000 times. Yep. (laughs) So I went to my very first um, clinical cannabis therapeutics conference it was out in Oregon Portland and I started learning about the therapeutic value of cannabis and I was like well we're making our dying people criminals and I live in Tallahassee and mm-hmm. I have this body of evidence that is, you know, research based yeah, from around the world. Yeah. It's like, oh, I guess it's time to go. You know, people won't use it, my dad. Yep. Because it's against the law, so I guess it's time to go change some laws. Pull the like a Mr. Smith goes to Washington, what is that movie? Jimmy Stewart? Oh yeah. Right? That's old. I think <laughs> She's like, wait, what? I don't know. And she's like, a little bit older than she's, she's, she's like Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> it's a wonderful life. You, you even gave me the same look, though. You're like, who is this old it, ass? it took me a minute. <laughs> I don't even know if that's the name of the movie. I think that's the name of the movie. I, don't I have no know, idea what but I do know what you're talking about. It's just like some like corny old Americana thing. All right. Okay, in other words, yeah. he's calling me old. No! <laughs> Was there a I'm, call, I'm of calling Neil. Yes. Probably. Okay. Yeah. It's probably he's probably like oh, I got to go to Washington to change <laughs> oh, marijuana laws. I'll yeah, bet that's what it, I'll bet that's what it is. It probably, probably was. Okay, yeah. In the back of his mind, Jimmy Stewart was like, oh, I got to get to Washington and change this bullshit. <laughs> I'm sure that's exactly what Josephine <laughs> sounded like. Fucking garbage. No, that's Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's what I sounded like in yeah, my head. Oh, you're doing, you were doing it. I knew it. See, I knew see? it. That's funny. So anyways, that's a bit of a long lead into 
our conversation. So the original question was, how did I come to the flowery? Yes. And I started with Once Upon a Time. So I met our COO, Mike, Mm -hmm. and um, he recruited me to work in physician and clinical community relations, same role, with one plant. Um, Then, you know, fast forward, we both left one plant. Mm -hmm. And in February of 2022, he became, no, he became the COO um, of the flowery in January of 2022. Mm -hmm. And when he became the COO, we were just ramping up they, I wasn't part of the team yet, were just ramping up operations and putting people in place. So he reached out to me and asked if I would be interested in now joining him for our second MMTC together. And I said, sure. Um, So I've been with the Flowery for almost a year and a half now. And that's how I came to be with the Flowery. Tell us how you feel about synthetic synthetic THC. This is a very unpopular opinion in Florida. My favorite. And I happen to be okay because um, I am a truth speaker. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you speak the truth, it's not always popular. That's okay. Yep. This is your platform. Tell us. Yeah. So I'm not here to be popular. I'm here to set the record straight. We're we're terribly unpopular right now. Yeah. Yeah. We talk about like, you know, opinionated things and we have our opinions about things so don't worry this is a safe space for sharing opinions and Plus talking well, truthfully and we have our six subscribers right now <laughs> yes <laughs> seven yeah. because seven. i'm going to be number seven that's right that's right get in the loop yeah, yeah. Right. um so i so let's just kind of set the 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 groundwork mm-hmm. Um, Delta 8 THC is a naturally occurring cannabinoid in the cannabis plant. Okay. It, however, is produced in such small quantities naturally in the plant mm-hmm. that it's really not feasible to extract it and to use it clinically. So Delta 8 THC has medicinal value to it. It has therapeutic value to it. Okay. What's happened, and I say that it's a function of prohibition, is because people don't have safe and legal access to Delta 9 THC. And and so the shift really came with the federal, the hemp federal farm act. When we changed the definition of what hemp was, because historically hemp was used for industrial purposes, yeah, and rope, hemp right? was yeah the long stocky plants mm-hmm. that were used for rope and um, George, George, George Washington everything yeah everything yeah ship sails. Um, people say that the original. Um, Declaration of Independence was written on hemp hemp paper. Hemp paper, yeah. Wow, really? So everything that can be made with plastic basically can also be made with hemp. And so in um, with the (laughs) passage. (laughs) (laughs) That's wild. I know it is. With the passage of the Federal Farm Act, 
there was a legal definition change of what hemp is. Interesting. So it became defined by its THC content in Mm. the plant. So to be hemp legally under federal guidelines, a plant has to have 0.3% THC or less. And if it has more, it's considered marijuana. What happened with the passage of the Federal Farm Act is, in essence, it legalized the varietal because hemp is cannabis sativa L. Mm -hmm. Marijuana is cannabis sativa L. So they are the same plant, botanically speaking. They're just a different varietal. With the passage of the Federal Farm Act, hemp was removed from Schedule 1 under the DEA. Okay. So it's not illegal? Hemp, the plant, is not federally illegal. States have different guidelines. Florida has its own guidelines. You have to, you know, apply to be a hemp farmer and all of the things that goes Mm -hmm. along with that. So what's happened, what had happened was... um, (laughs) Go on. (laughs) The suspense. (laughs) Is that... Tune in next week, folks. (laughs) Folks in the hemp industry um, wanted to get into the cannabis game. Sure. So started extracting CBD from hemp because hemp is higher in CBD. Mm-hmm. Is that where CBD comes from mostly, primarily? Huh? No, because no. there's also Strands from traditional cannabis, cannabis. yeah, mm-hmm. hemp varietals as well. Um, I mean, uh, CBD varietals as well. But what they discovered was that you can start with CBD that's naturally extracted from the hemp plant Mm -hmm. and you can apply chemical processes that will convert or synthesize into these and what I call them is Franken-fake cannabinoids because you're not naturally extracting it from the plant. You're taking one cannabinoid, you're turning it into another cannabinoid. So you're taking one that's not psychotropic. CBD is psychoactive. Some people say it's not, but it is. Okay. Because the definition of psychoactivity is it influences the brain. So if CBD can help people with depression, Mm -hmm. it's influencing the brain, right? Okay. So it's not... It's not, it's psychoactive because it has influences on the brain. It's not psychotropic like THC is. Gotcha. So you don't get that high. Mm. But if you take the CBD and then you synthesize it through chemical processes and you turn it into Delta 8 THC, now it does have psychotropic effects. Psychoactive and psychotropic. Psychoactive and psychotropic because Delta 8 THC and Delta 9 THC are like cousins, right? They're just like a molecule off from Delta 9 is the cool cousin that everyone likes hanging out with. That's the one we like. Yeah, And Delta 8 is the kind of weird, lumpy one where you're like, oh, he's still pretty cool. Well, it's the one now that people can 
purchase over the counter without a medical. You can go to any vape, any vape shop, not that right. I know offhand, firsthand, but and yeah. So I've heard, I've heard about it. Yeah. As part of Florida Cannabis Action Network, when we were implementing these laws, we were up there and were the voice for the patients, mm-hmm. and we really pushed for third-party laboratory testing. Delta-8 is synthesized through um, chemical processes. And it's not just Delta-8, because now there's THCP and THCV and THC-10 and all of these other um, cannabinoids that are being synthesized. And what, I mean, my personal belief is that the reason that we're seeing this promulgation of all of these minor cannabinoids that are being turned into one thing, the THC variety, from the CBD variety, is because Delta-9 THC is still prohibited unless you have a medical card. And a lot of folks, for a lot of reasons, don't want to get their medical card. Some people can't because of the types of jobs that they do. Right, right. Cost, too. Cost. Yeah. Um, but my biggest issue, well, number one is, is it's being marketed and advertised by and large um, as, a, a, as an extract from the plant, and it's not. It's being turned <clears throat> from one thing into another. So the biggest issue to me with all of it is it doesn't go through the same stringent testing processes and regulatory structure that is present with the medical THC. cannabis that okay. you get from a dispensary. Like, dispensary. like the flowery. So then so, do, you end, do you end up getting like dangerous products or low quality products? I will say that you can. there are products for sale all over Florida that pose a p- potential. And I'm, I always say potential. A potential harm to human health. So what, are there some good safe use products out there? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Are there others that are not? Heck yeah. yeah. They're not, because they're not under the same guidelines, they're not necessarily tested for residual pesticides. Oh, gotcha. They're not necessarily tested for chemical com- contaminants. And everything sold from a dispensary is. Absolutely. Right? Tested for all. So that's yeah, the Yeah, because we're run under the Department of Health. Right. So the, the hemp industry is regulated by the Department of Agriculture because it's, it's a crop. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's it's not medicine. A lot of the hemp retailers do make medical claims, which they're not supposed to be making medical claims. Right. But we've, you know, we know that there are some of these minor cannabinoids that are being created not in a GMP good manufacturing process. Um, facility. So it's like, like bathtub gin. Some people are making them in labs. Some people are making them in the kitchen and in the bathtub. Like, I kid you not. What? Like, what you know, are they making in the bathtub? I have heard rumors. Well, hold on. No, yeah, you don't even want to know yep, yep, we what do. I've heard. Yeah, I got it. Yep. Like, 
And I don't have my hands on the evidence. I usually don't say anything out loud until I have hands on the evidence. But the source that I received it from is pretty that there was like scrotum germs. Ew, what? Are there germs specific to scrotums? I, are scrotum germs. Today? I guess somebody was making one of these products and had a little itch and scratched and then oh went back. God. And so, you know, especially for people who have, you know, compromised immune systems. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we need to ensure that what is going in and yeah. on the body is safe. It should be like food. Like, what you eat and what you drink, That should you should make sure that you're buying food or going to restaurants that are reputable and care about yeah. the quality of the products that they make. So Same the, thing. It's like even if you're not immunocompromised, you still don't want to be in people's scrotum germs? <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. That was a really drastic one, but I just learned Love that. that. I'm, sure, I'm sure they loved it. <laughs> they're eating it up. I just, learned, the, yeah. I just learned that last week, so I had wow. to just kind of toss it out. Initially, I was just worried about, like, Holy pesticide yeah. residuals and chemical contaminants. When I heard that one, I was just like, no. Well, what about no. I mean, lacing, no. too? No. That's and no. What is lacing things like you know out there if you were to not go to a dispensary and buy you know stuff off of the street sure. you don't know what that's laced with or exactly. what that might also be contained I mean especially I mean there's different epidemics and you know they're, they're trends going on out there and everything these days. yeah they yeah. are so we're actually I because I am licensed yeah. under the Department of Health we did get an advisory that they're starting to find some fentanyl in street cannabis too not surprising. There have yeah. been some cases. So yes, that's another really big concern. And another reason why you should go to the flowery. <laughs> right. But what, what? so that's my biggest yeah. concern is really from a public health standpoint with some of these um, you know, minor cannabinoids that you can purchase at a gas station. I'm not like trashing Delta 8 or, you know, these other minor cannabinoids. My concern is the processing and the lack of oversight, which can lead to potentially unsafe that, um, you know, naive consumers, they don't know what questions to ask. You go to the store, you can buy it, and we just think, oh, it must be safe and some of these are not and I've been at like events where people have given out Delta 8 gummies to customers because you can just hand them out as samples mm -hmm. you know uh, the only people who can't do that are the medical providers sure but the okay. hemp retailers they can hand out stuff all day long sure so I've been at these events where a Delta 8 gummy has been given out and somebody's taken it and they've had a terrible adverse reaction that then I have, you know, I, I kind of infuse myself in a situation because that's what I do, right? I help suffering people be more comfortable. Yeah. If somebody's having a horrible reaction, paranoia, um, I had a friend that was actually up in North Carolina and she couldn't get legal access to Delta 9 THC, so, but she, somebody gave her, sold her a Delta 8 pre-roll. Okay. So with the flower, with the hemp flower, usually yeah. what's done is it's sprayed with Delta 8. 
And then she smoked it and she was freaking out. We have a friend group chat Mm -hmm. and we started getting these crazy like, there's giant purple spiders in my RV coming after me. Like she was having... She, she, like didn't visual, she didn't have actual spiders in there, though, right? She did not have actual That's spiders in there. That was like a super. Like a so she was like hallucinating. Wow. Um, I sat. I sat with Something. a gentleman, um, you know, who was having heart palpitations, and um, his blood pressure dropped, and he felt like he was going to pass out, and he couldn't breathe. Yeah. Um, you know, all from a gummy that somebody handed hey this is really cool you're gonna love it so this is uh, like even more reason to come to the flowery or a place like this like don't trifle a cautionary tale of like yeah don't just eat something someone hands to you or that you can buy at a gas station yeah you can do that but you shouldn't and so yeah it's not not terribly wise yeah yeah like so i mean that's my biggest issue is that i really do believe and you know it kind of from from another perspective, it kind of like bugs me because from day one, I have been an advocate for this sacred plant and let's make it available to people. And I've been telling the legislature for going on 11 years, you know, nobody's ever overdosed, death by overdose. It's a plant, it's safe. If you use it mindfully, you're going to be okay. And now I'm in a position where I have to like speak out against the plant that I have been so vehemently defending for so long. So on a personal note, it kind of pisses me off. I'm like, I don't really like to have to say, let's prohibit the use of something or let's and I'm not really a prohibitionist I don't think like making Delta 8 illegal is going to solve our problem at all but they got to figure out some way to make sure that you're not getting crazy stuff but we do need to have like legislation and we did have a bill this year that was introduced that I thought initially would have done some really great things for instance it would have legally defined synthetic cannabinoids because under Florida law right now there is no definition oh. There's, There's no just the definition of THC. There's not a legal That's definition for synthesized cannabinoids. This huh. bill would have done that. But what happened was the hemp industry came out strong. They raised, I want to say it was over a million dollars that they contributed to political action committees. And if people don't know, that money is the main driver of laws that are made, then they just haven't been part of a process. And that's okay because before I walked into the the Capitol, I was like, it's a bunch of smart people making good laws for the people (laughs) and keeping us safe. That's not the way laws are made. Schoolhouse Rock needs to be redone because it's not just the bill on Capitol Hill. Um, so, you know, I think um, I think that some real regulatory structures need to be put in place. Yes. Some, like, legit testing, some de- defining of what synthesized cannabinoids are. 
some GMP practices put into place and mandated when we are making these types of substances. Mm -hmm. And I think the goal really needs to be keeping people safe. Uh, absolutely. So are you going back to Washington sometime soon? <laughs> I've been to Washington a handful of times. Okay. The Florida legislature is really my jam. Tallahassee. Yeah, yeah. up in Tallahassee. So um, I'm actually, yeah, you know, I'm hopeful that um, next year we'll see more hemp legislation come yeah. and put into place that have some patient and consumer. It's not even patience at this point because you don't have to have a card to get things over the counter. Right. Hemp derived. We need some consumer protections. So where can people go if they're watching this to support these efforts? www.flcan.org, Florida Cannabis Action Network. We are the number one longest-standing educational legislative body in the state of Florida and beyond. Um, you know, putting some, making some real suggestions and educating our lawmakers on how to keep Floridians safe and for this sacred plant. Because my my main goal really is to return the sacred plant to her people, mm -hmm. but now that it's been a little convoluted, yeah. we need to put in some extra safety measures. I still believe if people had safe and legal access to Delta 9THC, who would want Delta 8? Yeah, I agree. I mean, well, I don't know. You know no, but I mean, I mean, again, it's hanging out with yeah. the cool cousin or the weird one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you want, you want the, the cool the kid. Like the good, yeah, exactly. Everything you never knew you wanted to know about <laughs> synthesized cannabinoids. Amazing. And yeah, then some. I-35 with the top down, quit to tell a hater they should get like me. Seem like everybody want to be the boss, but it costs and these lames ain't shit like me. 